Reports of UFOs in the media are up and probably will increase this year because of U.S. military reports of engagement with unidentified flying objects. Despite these increased sightings, reports of alien abductions have been fewer since 2012 and no one really knows why. Online statistics vary as to how many Americans feel they've been abducted. Tonight, a very personal alien experience. Kimberly O'Connor is an abductee and experiencer. How do we begin to describe an experience that is so incredible, the only word we can come up with is extraterrestrial. Kim describes years of abductions and experiences that for some would be terrifying. However, she says this is part of our life and we have to accept it because we live amongst aliens. Hey, this is Cam Brower and I want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you are listening and hit those like buttons and also leave a comment. You do that and it makes it so much easier for others to find me. Kimberly O'Connor, a personal experience tonight. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? My Alien Life is recorded live from atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. My website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find my email address, all previously recorded shows, and more. I am Cameron Brower. This is My Alien Life, and the podcast starts right now. My Alien Life Podcast. My guest tonight is an experiencer and abductee, and up to fairly recently, Kimberly O'Connor has kept this part of her life classified to even her closest family. Kimberly O'Connor, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you for inviting me, Cameron. Absolutely. I am so impressed by your openness now and your willingness to share your experiences. What was the event in your life that you know made you decide you wanted others to hear about what you've been through? I guess being in um, some UFO groups prior and just being ridiculed when I first started uh, opening up about my experience and things that led up to that. And the ridicule was ridiculous. I mean, and there was just, there's no call for it. When you experience something, you know what you're, what you're experiencing, but to call people out of their name and to make them feel like they don't have a clue about what they're talking about when they really do, I knew that I had to do something. And it wasn't until I I left that group that night that my phone got blown up. I mean, they were people that were in the group that sat back on the sidelines and just listened are the ones that was blowing up my phone because they had experiences of their own they uh, needed, they were asking for my help to understand what they were seeing and what, what was happening and going on. And it took me a while. And it actually, it took my daughter to push me as well as my son-in-law to, to open up my own group because there's a call for it. So I'm always amazed when I hear experiencers describe their life and, and what made them come forward with their story. And a lot of them have waited such a long time to share even a UFO story, um, more, much less an abduction story. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the process. And sometimes it, it's, it's hard to initially 
get your story out. And then when you do, sometimes you do face that ridicule. Um, so the skepticism, how did you handle that? Um, when you go through something, uh, nobody can change what, what you already know, what you've already experienced, what you've already seen. So, you know, it's always good to be skeptical. Uh, I welcome that instead of somebody that's totally gullible and will believe everything. I mean, even I had to see to believe. I mean, even though I knew all along, even as a young child, that there's got to be more than what we're seeing right now with what we are because we're on one planet. There's so many others as well as the stars that can be occupied. And they probably are, most likely. So did you always have an interest in the paranormal and, and were you pursuing that interest in, and keeping quiet about your own experiences at the same time? Well, it started as, at a young age when I started seeing things that uh, that others wasn't seeing, even in my family. Um, I it, With my mother, my sisters, I never shared any of those. They don't even know even now. Um, it wasn't until, I mean, as a child, maybe between two and four, that I seen uh, a, a robot type thing outside the window at night, even though the people that were that were raising me were sitting right in front of it and there was there was no movement from them at all. But yet I didn't say anything. It was like I knew not to. So why do you think some of us are able to see and experience something so literally out this world, out of this world while, you know, others can't see it at all? I think that's really kind of like a simple question. I've, I mean, a simple answer because uh, the research that I've done uh, following other, other people's um, stories as well as my own, this isn't just a random thing. This is a generational family issue where it makes it easier to follow and keep track, even though you're only going to have one or two out of the family, out of each generation that goes, that are going to be tested or watched because it's not necessary to watch all of them. Do you think there's an abduction generation or possibly, I don't know, uh, an abduction part of the family? I, I know of, I know of instances where, where um, the entire family's been abducted. And I know of instances where one or two out of the family has been abducted. And I know where only one has been abducted. Do you think that, that that's, that's a common thread or, or is it more common for just one person um, to be taken from that family unit without everybody else even noticing or knowing? I would say it's more common to see one or two go in each generation. Um, I've not really known anything as the whole entire family going unless it's of distant generations that, I mean, there is, there are stories of, and you know, reports of like three or four generations going at the same time, the grandmother, the mother, and the son. I mean, that's three generations right there. So take us through and your experience. Yeah. I think so too. Um, take us through your experiences and, and tell us when your contact started and, and, and how and what that really meant to you. Well, I started, uh, it was difficult. I've been through a, a bad childhood to start with, which um, I'm finding that that's kind of common as well as in a lot of abductees um, cases. Um, <clears throat> that, uh, but I noticed that the pregnancies were strange that I would get through the first like three months and all of a sudden bleeding would start. And this was in my early twenties and it was difficult for me to actually, it was just like, like 19, 20 years old. And I had just gotten married, um, that, all of a sudden there's no sign of a pregnancy. So that was kind of odd, you know, and you know that you're not crazy. A woman knows when she's pregnant, when you've already gone through the test and everything. And then all of a sudden for the doctor to tell you, there's no sign of a pregnancy. 
people aren't crazy. This there are reports of this a lot, but <clears throat> what seems what is promoted as or shown as a dream is really not a dream. Uh, when you go when I was taken when I was taken in, I remember that I was shown it was like in a dark room, a darkened room with very minimal light. But there were rows and rows of boxes of looked like babies that were not moving or anything that were lifeless. But to the left of me, I seen like vats of of liquid with beings in them, and I don't recall. I'm not going to say that that they were human, but they could have been hybrid, being um, you know developing. Let's say. So, was this a an instance where you were taken out of your home, or how did this all start? I mean, was were you at home? Were you out of the house? I wasn't in the house. I would say that I had to have been on the craft, even though that the, at at no point do I remember ever leaving, except for maybe one time, and that wasn't that was in the later years, but earlier on. You're, they only allow you to remember what they want you to remember because they're triggers. They're trigger memories for you to remember if this happened or that happened, and or sometimes in some instances nothing at all. Because when it seems like a dream, it's less evasive. So this was pretty. If that makes any sense? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So this is a, a trauma for you that's not a doesn't sound like a good experience so far well when i was losing the children yeah it was it was traumatizing but when i was shown it's like i understood it's like i understood the agenda i understand i understood and i think i understand even now exactly the point of this whole thing happening at least for the ones that um that i dealt with now, when, um, and I'm going to say when I was taken one time and there was uh, somebody that I knew right next to me, I did freak out. I, that was the only time I had a bad, ex- bad experience. I didn't have a bad experience before, you know, where it was traumatizing and I was just, you know, it's like I understood because I seriously believe that we are, um, for a lack of a better word, we we kind of agree to do this prior to coming here. If that makes any sense. Let's let's back up just a, a bit, and I, I want to understand okay. um, where you were when you were abs- when you were when you were abducted. Were you at home, and all of a sudden you're ripped out of your home, and you're in a in a an alien world, or were you outside when this happened? Where were you? No, I, I and I don't know how it goes. I don't know how it happened. It's just that I was just shown this is, you know, this is like this is where they are, and I was. It's not that I was happy about it. It's just that they give you an understanding. At least the ones that I had, that I dealt with. I, like I said, it's like there's an agreement. I guess an understanding. I didn't, I, but when I seen the person beside me the one time, I was not happy about that at all. Did you actually make contact with aliens? Did you see the aliens? Or were there aliens? Oh, yes. Yeah. And I remember at one point, at one time, because I've gone several times, that I remember actually asking to touch their, touch the one's skin but before I did that, I remember, and everything is telepathic. There's no sound. There's no, nothing's verbal. Any other sounds this there? All, I mean, could you hear, can no, you hear not your, I, even your own breathing or your heart beating? Everything is internal. Everything, every sound is internal. When I was upset, I could hear me screaming and I could feel my tears running down my face because they burnt. And when I woke up in the morning, my pillow was soaked from screaming and crying. But like I said, everything's internal. But they assured me that 
that person was not being hurt, that they were just running tests. And I, at no time have I ever um, been in pain or felt any pain or been to the point to where they were doing testing and I was hurt. So I, know, I understand that many have. I have not. So they were testing you? Uh, yes, at that point. When I was, it was like we were on beds, I would say, or gurneys, whatever. And I guess there was testing going on. And I was told, told, you know, through mental telepathy that, you know, they were only testing. And they, they, the person was not being hurt. And because that was, uh, that was important to me. What about yourself? Uh, I, I was, did, did you feel any sensation of uh, whatever tests they were running on you? Could you feel that? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And when they seen that and told me, you know, like I said, telepathically, that they're only running tests and that that person would not be hurt, it was like, like lights out, but I could still feel the tears running down my face. But there was no pain at all, none. What about fear? No, I had, I've never had fear. That's the one thing I, I'm, I'm happy about, and I understand that others have had terrifying experiences. I have not. I don't have fear because I have the, I, I have the understanding. I mean, and you know, and somebody with an open mind, everyone should, you know, at least try to understand that we're not the only beings of in all of these different places in the universe. There are going to be other beings, and at some point we're going to cross paths and paths, and we have many years ago. I mean, and there's hybrids that walk, you know, amongst us now. And in actuality, we're hybrids ourselves. Being abducted and then being examined is is terribly invasive, and it's it's the ultimate. Um, how should I put it? The, the ultimate intrusion in our life, you know, um, whether it's done by a human being or by, by an alien, is this, is this something you were able to deal with and cope with and and get over? Or is it, is it uh, something that bothers you? I, I, I never went and I I guess I know because I never felt them testing me. I guess I didn't have a problem with that. Like I said, I believe that we have the understanding that of the, of an agreement among them, you know, and there's so many different species that, you know, that it'll vary from species to humans as well. You know, everybody reacts differently, you know, for different reasons. Try to describe for me the, the interior of, of the craft or the room that you were in. Well, at that time, during testing, everything just seemed to be like a dark gray. I mean, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a lit area, a very lit area like many have described and like, again, I say that because there are so many different species and everybody's crafts are not the same, just like our cars are on, all our vehicles are not the same as well. But in that particular room, it was like, um, it was like a dim delight, you know, that lit. Whereas um, where the boxes of what seemed like lifeless, lifeless babies or little beings, um, that was a darker area where very minimal light was shown. It was more dark than it was light of any kind. Whereas on the front of the, where the control panels are, where, you know, my guess you would say everything's controlled, you could see there's there was a huge window that you could actually see out and everything was like, you know, Lit minimally. I mean, it was comfortable. It wasn't bright light or it wasn't real dark at that point. When you look, it's more rounded. The, the walls, I would say, the walls and the ceilings all kind of curve inward to each other. When you looked out the window, were you looking at space? Were you looking at nothing? What, what did you see? What I seen and what I what always excited me was the fact of how fast they could go and not run into anything, nothing hit, nothing crashed. So it was like going light, light speed. It was, we were going fast, but yet the body or 
you know, was not affected by it at any, in any way. I mean, actually it was easier to stand there uh, than on an airplane or just as easily when you're standing up in an airplane. There was no difference. You didn't even feel you were moving. No turbulence, nothing like that. Did you try to move or talk? You didn't have to talk. Yeah, I could move. You could move. I mean, that, yeah, and, and, and see, this is the one thing that I kept to myself until um, I was in, uh, when I was in a group and a gentleman from, uh, I'm a, from Ireland contacted me. And he said that there was something that he had, that he had shared, that he had never shared with anybody else. So yeah, there's something that I've never shared with nobody. I mean, absolutely nobody, not, not nobody. I kept it all to myself for the simple fact that I thought that it, it made me feel special to be able to be up front, to be mobile, to be able to touch them, to sit among them as one. You know, at the controls. I know it sounds irate, but it's the truth. And we, I never share that with anybody. And all of a sudden, we shared our same experience almost word for word. That was the one thing that he kept to himself and never shared as well. How old were you? And he's from a different country. Yeah. How old were you when you experienced this for your first time? Um, that you remember how old so was your earliest experience time, it, I'm going to say my early 20s early 20s so mm-hmm. were were you living alone at the time or were you living with with other people your parents no i was uh married at the time my husband at the time was uh worked midnight and <clears throat> i had just had i had a, one of my twins which uh, only one of them lived. The other one passed 18 hours after it was born. But they were five and a half months or five and a half months early. Wow! So I had him on a yeah, I had him on a heart monitor and oxygen. And it was at that time that things started happening. Hmm. Did you tell your husband? Yeah, but he didn't believe me, and that was cool. I was all right with that. Because it, it, just like I said, it sounds outlandish, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit there and continue talking about it and, you know, and be ridiculed because he was just not one to believe anything. And I've always been considered odd because I was able to hear, see, and, you know, people that others couldn't. And that goes back to the paranormal. And that was when I was very young, like eight years old. So you were you were kind of dabbling in the in the paranormal back then when you were eight. What what, what give me an example of of uh, what you were interested in when you were eight years old? I was just interested. I I, I love the stars. I love space, um, dinosaurs, and things like that. You know, I was I was kind of like always a kid that was withdrawn. So I kind of stayed to myself. So reading was my best friend. So, you know, but when I seen my first craft, I was about, I want to say about 13, 14 years old. And there was no mistake in what that was. That looked like a mothership. And it was not that far from my mother's house because I got home early from school and looked out the back window as I'm making something to eat. And there it is. I mean, it's, it was like, I would say two or three blocks away, but it was, it was about as wide as like one, one and a half football fields. It was, it was huge. And I couldn't take my eyes off of it because I didn't want to miss anything. So I was taking in all the details of it. And as soon as I turned my head to yell for the lady that lived with us and turned back around, it was gone. And I was, I was really upset about that. So was it a big metallic object, or describe what it yes. looked like? In what yes, shape? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just. It was a disc shaped, and it had uh, wrapped around windows all the way around it. There was no sound, and it was a fall day, and it was 
there it was smooth. There was nothing on the bottom that indicated anything for landing either. Like I said, I took pretty much everything in in at one time. But you just didn't want to take your eyes off of it. When you see something that big and that that different that you've never seen before and didn't never expect to see. I mean, at that point, I really wasn't I didn't have um I don't think I'd like any interest in that was the last thing I would have expected to see coming home to make a sandwich after school. Yeah. Especially. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that you said that I find really interesting is that uh, you said that you feel that we have an agreement with them. Do you think that possibly now I've heard this before that, that yeah, we have an agreement and um, doesn't happen always individually, but, uh, you know, this is a lifetime thing that you buy into and, and kids start having experiences as far back as they remember, maybe three, four, five, six years old. And, you know, you're interested in, in, in different things when you're eight years old. And then you see a, uh, a giant mothership when you're 14 or 15 years old. To me, that sounds like, you know, that could be, why you possibly thought that uh, you had an agreement because it it was something that you had been dealing with a while. Do you feel like there could have been things that happened back then when you were younger that you don't remember? Quite possibly. They only allow you to remember what you, what they want you to remember. And like I said, seeing a uh, seeing a craft automatically now you're gonna you're gonna have interest in it. You're gonna want to know more. You know you you and that's with anything though. When if when something's so odd, it, you see sparks. It, it makes you spark your interest. You want to know more about it, so you kind of uh, put your toe in the water and just kind of um, want to find out more. But I would have. I mean, when I was, I, I remember when I was like even a little bit younger than that. When I was in sixth grade, I did like I said, I did a um, a science report, an oral book report. I was never good at speaking in front of a group of people, but I was excited about doing that one because at the end I said, you know, it was about stars and space and everything. We would be fools to think that we were the only ones of all these plants and stars. We would be foolish to think that. And I remember the class was silent and I was feeling kind of nervous about that. And the teacher went and got another teacher and made me reread it again. And then all they could do is just look at each other. And at that point I knew that I, I, I did something. I never, they never spoke of it. You know, it was never brought up. It was, you know, he never took me aside, but I, I knew that I was right. I knew that I was right. I think everybody has a little bit of that uh, alien inside of them, you know, maybe um, an experience they can't really touch, but, um, something that they can't describe either. So it does make them feel uncomfortable because they know that possibly deep inside there's a memory and uh, they don't want to deal with it. Let me ask you this. I, I think it's very profound that that you actually came up with with that on your own because, I mean, a lot of little kids like that you know, don't think in, in terms like that and realize the vastness of space. So w- saying that, that being said, do you feel that, uh, that, that the, that these aliens, these visitors that abducted you, are they space travelers or are they from earth in the future? Um, any idea where they may have came from? I'm sure that I, I'd ask and, but I, I don't have any memory recall on that. Um, and, to go back to when I was in school, I mean, I'm 57. I'm not ashamed of saying that. So this was seven, like in 72, 73 when, when I uh, did the book report. So this was early. This was kind of like before things were talked about. And even, you know, it, it took quite a few years, you know, a couple decades before people actually started talking about it openly. You know, so, yeah, I was early on that one. You know, it's interesting because I'm 53 and I always say that, that, you know, your generation, my generation, um, we're experiencers because um, there are a lot of us that have had the same type of experience. And, you know, I wonder if uh, 
if our children and their children, you know, have those same kind of experiences because, um, you know, I think ours were fairly different and, uh, although unique and a lot of us had those same experiences. So, um, you know, now we hear of so many people talking about their experiences and, and I've heard people even talk about that they've met, you know, up to 60 different kinds of aliens, which, you know, not only is that a lot, it would be confusing and how you would keep track of that and, and remember that, I don't know. But as you know, it, it's traumatic, so you're going to remember it in, in certain detail. Um, why do you think that they don't want us to remember? Why do you, a lot of people describe it as memory, memory erasing. Um, why do you think that they, uh, they don't want us to know or remember? Well, it's, I guess it's, it goes back to, to like, uh, we're, we're basically tests, I guess. And the way that I've, uh, figured out, we, we try to modify and perfect everything in life be it a plant, be it an animal, make it bigger, stronger, faster. From the beginning of uh, time, man has changed along the way as well. So we're modified each time. Each time, um, let's say, a different era goes by, that that, um, being got a little more intelligent, a little more agile, um, supposedly a little smarter, but now I question things at times. But we, I think I, I lost thought. What was the question? Again? That's all right. Let me let me th- <laughs> let me throw this at you because you know to me this is I, I appreciate you being on and I appreciate you telling me about this and to me this is a very very personal. And, you know, special experience. I do have experiencers and abductees that I've talked to who have written books and they've been on dozens of different shows and, and TV and, and podcasts. Um, but to me, I feel from you that, that this is very, very personal. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to deal with a lot, a lot of times, and especially what you've been through when people were skeptics and, and they had a hard time with uh with, with your account of, of what really happened to you. There's a definite physical experience that, that some of us have, and, and it's called sleep paralysis. Now, I'm going a different way than you may think. I don't think you have this, but okay. do you think that, that aliens are capable of initiating that physically within us in order to control our behavior while we're being abducted? You know, is that, is that the, the mechanism well, that they use? Are they using our brain against us? They're highly intelligent, so their uh, intellect and their ability to do things is far greater than our own, um, whereas they may not need to, uh, like, give us a, a sedative to knock us out, whereas they know how to control the brain. They know more about the body than we do. And in many cases, uh, there's been reports of uh, them actually uh, doing healings on people, and um and um, so that's that's you know that's a that's a big thing too, you know we're I believe that we're um, you know we got we, you do the GMO with with uh, plants. I don't think we're any different. I think we're genetically modified as well. We are improved on. We try to improve on things ourselves. So yeah, I don't think things are too much different. I think they have the. They're teaching. They're giving us their their uh, technology. We're not giving ours. We're not the intelligent ones in the we're in the solar system. We're by far the most intelligent. You know, the least intelligent ones. Anyhow, do you, do you think uh, you and I are a science experiment, and we're being observed for that? Yeah, I really do. I think that the reason um, I, I think. Like I said, we try to do things to make it improvement. Everything, every time man has our uh, species has been um, has gone through life, they've gotten, they've changed. We're going to end up changing as well. Um, as far as taking eggs and uh, the sperm from males, males, um, I believe that we're 
we're being used to seed and reseed other planets as well, and maybe even uh, Earth at a later date because we've done so much damage to this. So I know you shared something really personal about your your uh, problem pregnancies. Um, did that resolve itself, or was it always a problem? Um, you you have healthy kids or children now? Uh, I lost five children before I've got um, and my my one twin lived. He had he has several palsy, but a very mild case of it. And then I have a very healthy daughter who I was not even supposed to have, but I had anyhow. But I, uh, at a young age, I was, um, they couldn't understand why I had so much scar tissue. And that, um, that caused a lot of issues with pregnancies, from what I'm told. Do you attribute that to your interaction with aliens? I would probably say. Because uh, at that point... Um, there was, I was not sexually active. Like when I went to the doctor and that, when I, after I, you know, I mean, yeah, at a very young age, I was not, um, yeah, that's a a whole different story, but still there was too much scar tissue. Yeah, I got it. Or anything, you know. Any other physical problems that you've had um, since, since you began having regular visitations? I wouldn't say any um, anything like that. What I would say is I've become more enlightened, more understanding. It seems like uh, when there's a question, it's like the answer flows through, which I would have no knowledge of to start with to help others, as well as, you know, if I have questions myself, uh, I do have the ability to communicate um, with the other side. And I became more intuitive more empathetic. I'm highly empathetic. Too much so. So how many times do you think that you've been abducted? I I have no count on that. I would say quite a few. More than 10? Probably at least. And when was the last time that you can remember? Uh, I would probably I would probably say about maybe six years ago. Do you have any detailed memory of that one? It's, it, you know, um, just that I'm able to be up front with them, which, like I said, I always held as being special. And I, there's, that can't be read about that, you know, nobody can, you know, I've never read about that. And like I said, me and the guy from Ireland, it was amazing that both of us never shared that information with anybody, but yet we held it for the same reason. We held it at a high level that we felt so special that we couldn't share that with anybody because they would think that it was so ridiculous. But all of a sudden we got, you got two, um, two strangers automatically, systematically sharing that information, damn near word for word with the other and it was amazing. Kim, what did they look like? I didn't get a... Oh, give, I'm sorry. Give, give us a picture they're of that. Not the, they were like, the tall, like a tall gray. They're not, um, they're not the mean ones or whatever. We have to understand that there's so many species, and you're going to have ones that are violent. You're going to have ones that are benevolent. You're going to have ones that are neutral. They're going to have ones that just don't even want to deal with you. But in the same respect, don't we have that here on Earth? <laughs> Absolutely. Humans are all the same. We, I mean, seriously, all the characteristics, you know, that they kind of have, we have ourselves. And, you know, there was a treaty that President Eisenhower signed with, um, and he had three meetings, I believe. He'd signed a treaty, and somehow either one, one way or the other, it got broken. Okay, well, he was given the, them the right to take humans, do testing with the, with the fact that they wouldn't be, that we wouldn't be hurt and we would be brought back. But in the same respect, don't we do the same thing to them when, when a crash, uh, craft is crashed and there's beings on the inside? They're hauled off. They're dissected. So we can't be too upset about 
things that happen here because, or, you know, happen elsewhere when we're doing the same thing ourselves, our government, it's not so much the people, but it's the government. And the one thing that always, I always had a question about is, okay, we didn't start having a lot of um, spacecraft crash. I mean, if they can go through light speed and things like that, not get hit, all of a sudden you're starting to get crashes here on earth. I mean, um, either is that their way of sending down the technology for us to re-engineer, reverse engineer, as well as uh, maybe beings that are, you know, expendable to be tested, just like they're taking us, doing testing on us? I think it's... The same thing's being done. I think it's highly likely, yeah, that... um if, if if they had the opportunity and if they had people that, uh, you know, there there's only so much that you can learn about a human by studying from the outside, you know, and um, even right. though that that's a horrific thought of that, that type of experiment being performed. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I would think that they would probably do the same thing because definitely if, if we have some of them, that's what we're doing. How many, what was the, give me an idea of numbers. Um, what, what were the most, how many aliens did you see at once? Was it more than five, less than 10? I would say probably about five or six at the same time. And that would be um, at like at the controls. Some would be sitting and like I'd be sitting in the middle of some of them. And some of them would be standing you know, monitoring or whatever. So was it a, a huge craft you were in, do you feel, or was it just small? Because you, like you said, they're, they're, they're um, investigating a human in, in one part of this vehicle, I guess. And, and you can also see the controls of the vehicle. So to me, that wouldn't, would make it a s- well, smaller than a mothership maybe. Well, I, honestly, the way that I think of it is they have the ability to, change the molecular structure of the human body as well as probably their own and everything else they can be they can go invisible they can cloak and they can go through doors like i said the molecular structure of their um uh body as well can go through walls door ceilings whatnot and they can do the same they can change the the properties of our own body and then re redo them. Do you think they're creating time gaps or variances in time to um, to time travel on a, a small level? You know, room to room inside somebody's house or 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 wherever. I don't know that I've ever. I've never really thought about it to be honest. How about their travel in their vehicle? I mean, you've actually seen a vehicle. You've been in the vehicle. Sure. Um, I know <laughs> it's hard to talk about quantum mechanics of time travel, but do you think that they, that they're, uh, have you, have you ever experienced any time gaps or missing time? That's always um, a question. Not I that I ever met. Yeah. Not that I ever really kept track of, to be honest with you, but we got to remember that uh, we have different vortexes and things on our own planet, you know, that, that are as possible to go through maybe time warps. Um, time travel it could be you know a good example we have it all over uh we got the devil's triangle over on the opposite side of the world whereas we've got the bermuda triangle which is straight across through the world through the earth um that does the same thing and i believe that the uh, magnetic field of earth plays an important part as well as um like uh, see. just like tunnels, space, you know, gaps in space. Right. Wormholes. And I guess what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, and I think what I'm thinking of is the guy that was in Florida and was going to the Bimini's or something like that. And it was supposed to have taken maybe three hours or something. And he did it in like uh, 20 minutes or something like that. Right. And that was when he went through that, tunnel of um that oscillated around him and like i said we don't know everything about our own planet but yet we we're jutting off to go somewhere else to damage somebody else somebody else's uh home i think 
there's just too much here. Our own planet's not been explored enough. And we've, there's just so much damage that's been done as far as litter. And then look at what we're doing to space. I mean, we've got, look at all the space trash. Yeah, we I do. Mean, we do have a bit of activity. <laughs> we have a bit of activity uh, up there. It's incredible. Um, oh, it's ridiculous. You know, I always, in my opinion, and I've always, I've always said this and any guests that I've had, we've talked about this a bit, but I think that abductions are supposed to go off without a hitch. I mean, we're supposed to be abducted. We're supposed to, uh, um, contribute or, um, basically be compliant. And I believe then we're not supposed to remember. So, so why do some of us remember and some of us don't? I think that goes along with the fact it's according to what species you're talking about and which ones you're dealing with, because not all of them is going to deal with you the same way. Um, people on a, on a daily basis are different. So, you know, um, they're, they're going to be the same way. As far as the memories go, I believe that, um, that we're given memories as triggers to remember, to help each other, to question things, and maybe to help even relax, you know, to under, have a better understanding that, you know, you're not alone. You've never been alone. We're not alone now. You know, we've never been alone. And this really isn't even our planet. We were seated here. You know, long ago, there was, uh, if you look at the Anunnaki, those and all of those, if you go to look at Peru, everybody, every every single continent on in the world has some record, whether it's a petroglyph, a hieroglyph, some kind of glyph, depicting the fact that there was alien life here. We weren't, humans were not the first. You look at the biblical uh, paintings. They painted UFOs and beings inside the, but did you see any fear in the faces that were painted? No, because they were common. They, They, you know, it was common to see them. And so, I believe that some that somehow we reverted backwards. If it was common then, why isn't it common now? Why aren't they here just walking beside us? Who's to say they're not? I'm just wondering if we became too violent, although we do have a history of violence for thousands of years. Yeah, like I said, I think it's re- that we reverted backwards because you had your highly intelligent... You go supposedly they want to think that they want to make you think that you came from an ape. Okay, whatever. But you gradually, you know, you gradually changed. But where, where did the Anunnaki come from? I mean, where, where, in what place in the eras did they, were they at? They came long before. Yeah. I think that's a good question. Where did we come from? Right. And so, you know, there's just, and I don't believe that we're all from the same one because we don't, we look similar only by structure, but we look the, the eyes, the color of the skin, each culture, each culture is different, but yet you've got pyramids that, you know, have the same depiction on each continent as well. But yet, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be questioned. Do you have any uh, close friends or relatives that are experiencers or abductees that you know of? No. Well, yeah. I can't say no, so that would be yes. So you six years ago, if you had, if you had an abduction experience, do they make you anxious, and would you like them to stop? I don't feel that. I think that we all feel something different and it's according to our makeup. It's according to, I, I really, and I don't want, I don't like to get into this, but it's still, everything is full circle. Religion has a big factor in things. Religion plays a big factor in the belief system and, and I believe on how people react to things as well. Um, Back when um, that radio uh, 
when that space thing with the radio, you know, that big story was out, everybody panicked. Now, when you when you have masses, war, war of the worlds, right? That I couldn't. Thank you. But when you you have mass people like hundreds at a time see crafts, nobody is panicking. There's a big difference because now there's an understanding of things. People are more open as they were in biblical times because that was, again, a common thing. Whereas religion has fought us off on a lot of things. They've dumbed us out, and I'm sorry to say it, but they've dumbed us out. Whereas you, you had to be fearful of everything. Where, and just like I said, para, the word paranormal is a label for everything. Everything hides under that label. Anything that they can't, the scientists can't, te- can't touch tangibly or understand falls under that category. There's been a lot of reports from abductees and experiencers that they've, they've received an implant um, do you feel that that's a possibility and, and have you wondered if you have been implanted? I don't, I've never really worried about it, to be honest with you. And yeah, of course there's, there has been, um, implants that's been removed on many of people, uh, and you sure they're trackers and they've got, uh, they've, they will even move because of the radio frequency. But there's some. There's always going to be a way that they can track you. And I, and th- I don't think that they're always going to need a tracker for right. it. I feel that way too, and I think that <laughs> I think that they're right above our heads, you know, and and um, they have a good lay of the land where we live. I, I don't think they need to track us too closely because we're not really hard to find. Um, we're pretty. Well, I we're think pretty we're predictable. being monitored on a regular. I think we're being monitored on what I feel like it's like when I've taken pictures and it's like, I see what look like eyes, even the pupils in the clouds and that are in the sky. It's like, I feel like we're in a snow globe Yeah, where you've got clouds and everything around you and they're, we're being watched, looked down on. It's a small world. Sure. It's a, it's a big world for us, but a small world for them. Exactly, especially when they're right overhead looking. What? Let me ask you this. Sure. What, what positives have you taken from these experiences? What, what have you gained and, and what have been helpful or just what have been a, a plus? The fact that, that I know now that we're not alone, that on other planets and stars, just like I always thought as a kid, there's got to be, and there is, and now I know. And I'm sa- I was, that satisfied me right there. Um, the testing, like I said, we do the same thing. We test plants, we test animals, we test each other. Uh, and when there's a craft down um, of one of theirs, they test the hell out of it. They dissect. So, yeah, I'm pretty damn sure that, you know, they've done the same thing to others and, but like I said, there's so many species here. Uh, Phil Schneider, um, rest of soul, he dealt with them. You know the reptilians. Uh, there's they're all over. You don't know who your neighbor is. We're all hybrids of some type. And like I said, I don't feel that we are of all one. Um, we may be of one type of structure, um, but we're different. Do you have any thoughts? The bloodline is different. Do you have any thoughts about writing a book or publicly sharing these experiences in other ways? Yeah, I've I've, I've been asked several times, and I, matter of fact, I've been I've probably got enough to write about four of them <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, I'm in process of that. I know it's a lot easier when you when you put it on paper, you know. I, I know how it feels to have somebody um, bombarding you with questions you don't know where they're coming from. And and uh, I would love to hear that. And I would love to, to see a book or see something written from you just because, you know, I think one of the, the greatest things that, that people possess is that power of description. And I do want to hear 
what these looked like. And I do want to hear or see somehow what this what this craft looked like and the interior of it looked like. Um, those are things, you know, that they're easy to forget if if we're no, we don't practice um, or record them somehow. And and uh, I hope you don't lose that. But I hope. On the I other don't s- think that ever leaves your mind. I, I <laughs> when you see it, it kind of really sticks. That's something that you just really hang on to. And that was my, the other side of the coin was, yes, I'm sure you hang on to a lot of that, but I'm hoping that that something always remains. But then again, I hope those good thoughts are, are um, come from, from this and, and as a way it somehow improves your life where, where um, once you share it with others and we all get more comfortable talking about it, that, that we can, join together and somehow put an end to all these biases that we have to for each other because of these experiences. Well, and, 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 and I appreciate your time um, having me on too with you and uh, your thoughts as well, as well as your experience. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of social media has helped uh, get through that, but it's our government. I mean, we know there's so many of us, there's tens of thousands of us that know. And over, over half of, I would say almost three quarters of the United States either has seen, experienced, or know of somebody that's had some kind of contact. And everybody can't be wrong. But our government is so hell-bent on keeping everything a secret but you can't you can't take away what people have already seen ex- and experienced for themselves. You can't tell them that. You can tell them it's a dream, but we know better. A dream it, it's going to come off maybe dream like because it's going to be less evasive. You accept a dream much faster than you maybe would experience. You know, you, uh, uh, you would accept something. Um, frightening like maybe an alien or something else but it's less evasive if it comes off as a dream it's more acceptable and it's hard and it's 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 hard when things you invade your dream space um but then again you know if if you've learned to live with it and learn to deal with it and accept that we are part of a bigger life beyond this planet i think there's hope that there is hope for humans and there is hope for us to uh, be a part of a bigger race. And I agree. And, and shows like yours, books that people write of their own experiences, social media groups. Um, I've got one of my own. I've got um, friends of mine that also have uh, it's uh, human alien taboo. I'm going to give him a plug as well as my own is not not so paranormal, which I, I accept everything in there because like I said, that's a big label that everything falls under. But, um, I think that people in the last, I want to say, I'm going to go out and say 30 years have been more accepting and have seen more than what they had and was open to admit long ago. So you do have a couple of groups on Facebook, and I saw those earlier today. Mention those, please. Um, a friend of mine has a human uh, alien taboo. Uh, that would be um, on there. And uh, mine is not so paranormal. I belong to quite a few groups, and I help, you know, we, we exchange information we help each other and we don't stand for anybody that is going to downgrade going to ridicule they are out so fast i have no problem putting somebody out of my group i don't (laughs) care how long i don't care if you was the first one in you'll be the quickest one out i won't stand for it i know what it's about i know how it feels i won't have i won't allow anybody to feel like that and we'll list those groups from facebook on the uh, podcast note and again, my website is www.myalienlifepodcast.com. And that's where you can find the links to this show and others, as well as my email address. If you have questions or comments from my guests tonight, 
um, please feel free to ask, and I'll gladly forward those to Kim. Kimberly O'Connor has been my guest, and thank you so much, Kim, for reaching out and becoming a part of My Alien Life. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, the chance to come forward and maybe let this, let my experience help somebody else along the way, too. My Alien Life You can find my website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and please subscribe to my latest downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at podbean.com. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records.